Hello and welcome to Take It or Leave It. It's a Christian podcast to encourage us all to implement real change in our lives based on the teachings of Jesus so that when the rapture occurs, we may all be caught up to meet Jesus Christ in the air. It's about spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. I'm your host, Madison Santiago. Hello and welcome back to Take It or Leave It. I'm so excited to discuss the topic today, which is living inside the will of God versus outside the will of God. But before we dive into our lesson, I want to give what is hopefully a review, but a powerful reminder of what the prophet Haggai tells us. So in Haggai chapter one, verse three, it says, then the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses, in this temple, to lie in ruins? Verse 5, Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. So what does the Lord mean when he says, consider your ways? He means think. Think about the way that you live. Continuing in verse 6, You have sown much, but bring in little. You eat, but do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put into a bag with holes. What does this mean? You're sowing much, but you bring in little. That's what the Lord says. That means you're not benefiting. You're working so much, but there's little profit. You're eating, but you still don't have enough. Verse 7, again, the Lord's telling us to think. It says, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. So that's the second time Haggai mentions to consider your ways. The Lord is telling us, consider your ways. Now, when I was in college, if the professor said it more than once, I better write that down. So I want to encourage you, brothers and sisters, to write that down. Consider your ways. Consider how you are living this life. Continuing in Haggai chapter 1, I'm in verse 8 now. Go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. So the Lord's telling us, do some work. Do some work for me. Do some work for me, the Lord. Verse 9, you looked for much, but indeed it came too little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why, says the Lord of hosts? Because of my house that is in ruins, while every one of you runs to his own house. So God's very clear. Many today, when they're striving and working so hard for something they want, when it doesn't work out, they want to blame Satan. Here we see God bringing what is perceived as a negative into our life. But if God does it, surely it's a positive. Why? Because you are focused on the wrong things. You are not considering your ways. Satan didn't do it. God did it. Why did God do this? Because you neglect him. You neglect him. Verse 10, therefore the heavens above you withhold the dew and the earth withholds its fruit. So since you fail to take care of your inner house and focus on material things, you have holes. Therefore, you will not bear fruit, and all extra effort will lead to nothing. Verse 11, For I called for a drought on the land and the mountains, on the grain and the new wine and the oil, on whatever the ground brings forth, on men and livestock, and on all the labor of your hands. So, no matter what you do, God is saying, all will be brought to nothing. Why? Because you are focused on the wrong things. You are not considering your ways. So, I ask you, is there hope? If you do nothing to fix the problem in you, if you do nothing to fix the inner man, if you do nothing to address that no one is born good and we must surrender 
our lives to the Lord, is there any hope? No, because you're not doing anything to fix your problem, to fix your inner man, to fix your temple. Today, we have a God that helps us to understand the problem. He makes us aware of the problem through his word. And you can't just say, the Lord sees that I'm working hard. You can't just say, God sees what I'm doing. God knows my heart. You can't say that. You can't say that. You also can't say, he'll make a way for me. God is not a respecter of person. You cannot say, God understands my situation. Of course, God understands your thought process in your current situation, but he's not a respecter of person. He is a fair God, and he's very clear. If you live in the will of God, we don't, you don't have to worry about this. You don't have to worry about having holes. Because if you're in the will of God, you are addressing the inner man. You are focusing on the things you have considered your ways. And you continue to consider your ways for the Lord. Amen. Now, this is just review because we have talked about the will of God on this podcast before. I encourage you to listen to it. Uh, but I want to take you to 1 Peter uh, chapter 4. And we're going to read starting in verse 1. Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. So, as a reminder, this means stop sinning. Sinning is as simple as not doing what God wants you to do. If you already died, you have stopped sinning. You no longer run with the world. You no longer do the things the world is doing. And you are seeking after the kingdom of God in all things. Verse 2, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God. Amen. Supporting what I just said. No longer living for the lust of the flesh, meaning the lust of this world. You no longer strongly desire for things that this world can offer because you are after the will of God. You are after spreading the gospel, making disciples, cleaning up your inner man, doing everything that God says yes to. So to say that differently, you don't live for the desires of man. You're living for God. So you've died to your flesh, now alive in God. Right? So dead in the flesh, alive in the will of God. And please take note that you cannot live in the will of God without a conversion. Right? A conversion. A true one-time repentance to the Lord. Truly surrendering your life. So that Holy Spirit can come to you and live in you and lead you. Amen? Conversion results in living for God. So that is the evidence. That is the evidence. If you are in the will of God, you will have converted. And I want to say here that fanatics plan their lives in the will of God. Why do I say fanatics? Today in this world, when you are in the will of God, the world doesn't understand the will of God because that's the will of man. They don't understand when somebody is so devout, so dedicated, truly living in the will, driven to do things that maybe somebody who's outside of the will would not do. So... What do they do? They call you fanatics. They say, oh, you're too serious. You're too crazy. You're so weird. Right? Have you heard that? I have. I've had some people very close to me tell me that. I'm such a fanatic. I've even had people tell me, oh, I feel so bad for your children. Because of the way that you are, your children aren't going to have fun. And that is the furthest from the truth. I do this knowing that the Lord is going to benefit my children. But that is a different lesson for a different time. In fact, I think we'll touch base on it at the end of this podcast. But fanatics plan their lives in the will of God. While people may say these things to you, keep in mind they have to say these things. Why? 
to make themselves feel better, right? It's not about how I live my life, but it's really about how they're living their life and the way that followers of Jesus live their life. It makes them feel bad, right? It makes them feel bad. Still in 1 Peter, I'm in verse 3 now, for we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lewdness, lust, drunkenness, reveries, drinking, parties, and abominable idolatries. Verse 4, in regard to these, they think it is strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dissipation, speaking evil of you. They will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. God's saying in regard to this, so they, meaning those who think they are saved, supporting the fact that they think that you're strange for living differently. So again, saying things like, I'm saved enough and you are working too hard. So I say this and I mention this because when you're in the will of God, you should expect to hear this feedback. But don't let it stop you. Don't let it deter you. Don't let it distract you. Keep going. It is only in the will of God where we can expect to have our steps ordained by him. And outside the will of God, that's man's will. Those steps are not ordained. Those are the steps of our flesh. God will not ordain that. God will ordain the steps in his will. So let's dive deeper. Let's look inside the will versus outside the will. So for a high level overview, inside the will is order, outside the will is disorder. Inside the will is ordained steps, outside the will is unstable steps. Inside the will of God are divine bridges. So God will make a way for you. Amen. He'll make a way for you. He will connect the dots as your steps are stable. As you step and then you gain your balance, you can step again. And when you come to a place where it looks like a barrier, God will make a bridge for you. It's happened to me in my life. God is faithful. But outside the will of God are barriers. So inside the will of God, there's going to be shortcuts because you're receiving wisdom from the Lord. He's going to show you the best way to accomplish something. And keep in mind that that doesn't mean that servants of God do not have trials because we are put through the same fire as everyone else. We go through the same trials, but we don't get burned. Why? Because our steps are ordained. Amen. In Isaiah 43 verse 2, it says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. That's a promise of God for children living in his will who have converted. It's conditional, but that is a promise for God. He's going to be with us. And as we encounter the trials of life and we keep going, he's going to make a bridge. Right? Though we encounter fire, yes, it's all around us. It might feel hot, but it will not burn us. It's not going to deter us. Amen? He will be with us. There's going to be times where we have a rough ride, but we don't have to worry. Right? Why? Because we are in the will of God. This is like Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. I encourage you to read that in the Bible. Were they not in the flames but not burned? Why? Because God ordained them. God ordained them. God was with them. He was pleased with what they were doing. And we are saved to serve and to do his work. Amen. And by his, I mean the Lord's. I want to do the work of Jesus Christ while I'm on this earth. Amen. I want to take you to Psalms chapter 37, verse 23, and it says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. Amen. A good man, 
right? That's a righteous man. This is a man doing what God says, not the worldly man saying, I am good. I have personally experienced others telling me that they're a good person. They do good things, but you are not good. You are not good and you cannot be good until you are righteous and you cannot be righteous until you are doing the things of God and you will not do the things of God unless you are living in the will of God and you cannot be in the will of God unless you have converted and seriously repented for your sins. We all must do this. I did this. You can do this. And many of you who are listening have already done this and you understand. But I take you through that cycle because everything clicks. Everything goes together. And God is such a clear teacher. Amen. So partial obedience, I want to throw this out there, that's disobedience. If you just obey a little bit, you're still living in disobedience. Like the Hebrews. It's like giving partial tithes. When you withhold from God, you cheat God. Right? You must give your full tithe. Partial does not equal a blessing. So when you cheat God, you cheat your blessings. Amen? So outside the will of God, this is a life of trial and error. Oh, that sounds so exhausting, trial and error. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live a life of trial and error. I want to live a life of sure, being sure that when I proceed to point B, that I'm going to get there, that I'm going to meet my goals. Right? God will allow that. And when I say trial and error, I mean always failing. Why? Because you're in man's will. It's like being stubborn but refusing godly counsel. Trial and error, right? That's mentioned in Psalm 1. We're not going to read that exclusively, uh, but I want to note it here so you could read it later. So do you want to live an experimental life unsure of the end result? I don't. And in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15, it says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who needs counsel is wise. Amen. So fools think they are always right, but those who receive counsel, and that's godly counsel, right? Not counsel from all your friends and you pick the answer that best suits your current problem and the way that you want to deal with it anyway. Godly counsel, because through godly counsel, you're going to get the answer. You're going to get the counsel that you might feel uncomfortable with executing, but when you do it, you will be successful. Amen? So what is the answer here? Live the will of God. You must love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, all your strength. And when you do this, what's for others? And what I mean is, when you're serving God above all other things, you love God so much, there's no love for anything else. When you look back, if you ever look back, nothing that you see will deter you from going forward. Amen. Now, I'm not saying neglect your families. You can't love your families. Of course, love your families, but don't love your families more than God. So that doesn't mean you hate friends, family again. Of course, you will love them. And that's when God says in his word that all these things shall be added unto you, right? All the promises of God are added unto you if you are in the will of God. So I'm sure you're seeing a theme here. You need to be in the will of God. And that's the big takeaway today because God loves you. He wants to give you a future and a hope as he mentions in Jeremiah, but you must be in his will. It's hard when others don't understand why you are the way that you are, but God sees you. And that is what matters. That is what matters. Remember, we are just on this earth for a speck on our timeline of eternity. 
And what we do on this earth is going to determine where our eternity is spent. There's two places, heaven or hell. We've also talked about this on our podcast. And God doesn't want you to go to hell. In this podcast, I'm not the one who's going to tell you where you're going. I'm not here to tell you that. I'm just here to tell you what God says. Amen. And God doesn't want you to go to hell. He desires for all of us to be saved. He loves us. But not all are going to see the same blessings. A person in the will of God is going to be obedient. He's going to be diligently seeking the Lord. And the person not in the will is going to be standing on shaky, unstable ground, living a life of trial and error. Their life is going to be much more difficult. And these are the people that are going to be shocked whenever they see their eternal fate. I want to take you to Exodus chapter 4, verse 13, and it says, And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you. You shall hold your peace. So Moses is a really great example of a man who is living in the will of God. Remember, Moses had a wealthy life. Moses was very wealthy, and God called him out of that lifestyle. He was set apart from that life. Why? Because God called him. And God called Moses out of a life of comfort to do what? To serve him, to carry out the will of God. Continuing in verse 15 of Exodus chapter 4, it says, And the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. So God said, Moses, why are you crying to me? And God was saying, I have already ordained your steps. You have authority. Keep going. Verse 16, but lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. So God told Moses, don't cry to me. Keep going. You have the authority. I have ordained your steps. Divide the sea. In this passage, God actually mentions dry land a few times and we're not going to read all of it but God wants us to notice something here it was dry so when God parted the sea the ground was dry now if you think about this the ground might be muddy right because you're dividing all of that water from the ground but it wasn't it was dry Moses led the people on dry land this is a true miracle and this is what happens when we stay in the will of God. God is not only going to show up and fight for us, but he's going to complete the whole job. And he's going to do the best job, better than we ever could. God could have left mud, but instead he left dry ground because God does the whole job. Amen? You know, today there's many who aren't content and they need so much. But God's people... People living in the will of God, they find joy in the Lord no matter what, no matter where they are, and no matter what material surrounds them. Being outside the will of God is the most dangerous place you can be. It's not Ghana, it's not Egypt, it's not Iraq or Pakistan or Ukraine. It's being outside the will of God. I want to encourage you. People today may call you a fanatic. They might say you're too much. They might say you're crazy. And again, remember, this is to make them feel better for how they live. We're not living a man-made life. When we live for him, 
It is a God-made life. When we live for him, we are in his will. And that is the safest, best place we could ever be. And today, if you serve God, your value is in God. And God, you have tomorrow in his hands. Your destiny is in his hands. Your steps are ordained by God. You don't have to have the same concerns that people who live in the world have. Because you are favored by God. He will guide you. He's going to lay stepping stones for you. He's going to make bridges for you. And he will guide you only if you live in the will of God. And remember what we read earlier in Psalms 37. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his ways. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down for the Lord upholds him with his hands. So falling doesn't mean you fail because your steps are ordained. You step with caution, you get stable, you keep stepping because God is going to uphold you with his hands. Verse 25 of Psalm 37, I have been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread. So we learn from that verse, we're never forsaken. Now, righteous does not equal rich, righteous equals not forsaken but your children will be blessed continuing on it confirms that he is ever merciful in lens and his descendants are blessed even if you're if you're in the will of god and your children don't go to church you can expect them to be blessed that's the promise of god these are only some of the promises of god I want you to be encouraged to get inside the will of God. He warns us of many things to come, and we must be prepared. The Holy Spirit is available today. He is the ingredient we need to truly be transformed with a renewed mind to begin to move forward in the direction of Jesus so he can be pleased with us. We can't do this on our own, and we don't have to. Jesus is available for you today. All you need to do is to repent and turn away from this world and ask him to guide you, and his Holy Spirit will do just that. Thank you so much. This is Take It or Leave It. God bless you all.